Well, they're not paying for it, are they? No. All right. <gasps> That's Sean, and I'm Carrie. Sean used to be a cop, but now he's not, and I write books for a living. She does. And she is New York Times and international best-selling author. And that makes me have cred. The most incredible woman ever. Oh, Sean's the most incredible woman ever too. Anyways, <laughs> we start every podcast with a little random thought. Sometimes in the car. Sometimes in bed. Sometimes in the kitchen. Sometimes in the restaurant. Sometimes in the woods. Wherever we are. <laughs> We're random. And then we get a little bit more uh, intellectual. Sometimes. <laughs> but not always. With a dog tip for life where our dogs join us and also a writing tip of the pod or that's vice right. versa, maybe. That's vice versa, but that's okay. All right, man. We're random and cool. So thanks for listening. We really hope you enjoy it. The, the notes that go with this podcast are on my blog, Carrie Jones Books. Blog. And there's all kinds of other interesting stuff there, too, isn't there? Love. Pictures of Sean. That's not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's random thought in the car. Time. We must never get in bed anymore. We never do it in bed anymore. <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. We do it a lot of places, though. The random thoughts do not happen in a lot of places anymore because apparently... Oh, you're clarifying. <laughs> yes, we are in a camper and for some reason, we It's because the camper's so small, we wake up everybody. Plus it's noisy with the air on. Yeah, the camper's noisy. That's not like the car is noisy. Yeah, it's less noisy than the camper with the air on. And all the dogs snoring and stuff. The dogs like to snore. Anyways, what are we talking about this morning? I don't know. It's random, man. Okay. Let's see the first thing that comes about. Trust. Trust? Yes. Like financial trust? No, like... Uh, All right, so we went to this concert last night, which is why we're in the car right now. And it was these old bands from the, like, 90s, I guess. 80s and 90s. 80s and 90s. And it was um, Jane Loves Jezebel and... Modern English and The Alarm, and I loved The Alarm when I was a kid, right? And the concert hall was really small and not very crowded, and Sean went to go get a beer, and every time he left me to go get a beer or get a drink or whatever he was doing, I always had random people, who were always boys, actually, now that I think about that, be like, hi, I'm Tom. Hot, and they reach out their hand for me to shake their hand. I'd be like, "Hi, I'm Carrie." Maybe it's because I saw me trip on the stairs. <laughs> Sean did trip on the stairs. Although I salvaged most of my beer, I saved most of my beers. Yeah, yeah. And when I went to buy beer, I was buying beer for you as well. Oh, sorry. Let's, let's get that out. Sorry. I'm not rude. <laughs> anyway, so maybe they're like, "Oh, Hermie, Hermie is drunk." how to establish trust 
and I was thinking about how I instantly distrust distrusted everybody at the freaking alarm concert yeah. who said who introduced themselves only when you were gone. Oh, well, you know, that's pretty smart of you, probably. I don't know. I don't know, man. But basically, he was talking about how trust is a bilateral relationship. You know, like uh-huh. how you have to. It's like you can't just expect be one side. No, man, and like how it's a giver and a receiver but also a giver and a receiver and a receiver and a giver and you're all like it's all mishmash right man and so basically he quotes this guy named Robert Hurley who is a professor of management maybe at Fordham University and he wrote this book called The Decision to Trust right? right and in that book he talks about how there's two dimensions to how people decide whether or not to trust other people Okay. And one is like innate, right? It's like almost um, automatic and it's like inside your subconscious, you know? Like, right. I think the word they use is preconscious and um, that's instinctive. But then there's a secondary one, which is like you decide slowly and consciously whether or not to trust that other person, right? Yeah. Yeah. I understand. Is it, is and that one takes time. But truly, this isn't or is it just happen? I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Okay. But, like, they also say, like, how one decision or action can make you not trust that person ever again. Right? Yes. If, right. You're, going, if you're going on the... Excuse me, right? Yeah. Is that for both or is that for the uh, slower one? The slower one, because the first one isn't a conscious decision-making right. thing. It's just there or not. And I think you have to have that first one to go to the second part to have that slow build, right? Usually. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways. But they're saying that, like, we're wired or made to trust other people because we want connections, right? And, like, we want to feel special and connected to other people and we like familiar things right and so those are like the building blocks of building trust with other people right familiar they make you feel special and important you know like um so i don't know i thought that was kind of interesting it is kind of interesting and then this other guy, or woman, I don't know, actually, because I think it's a man, Robin Dreek, who is the founder of the People Formula and used to be in charge of the FBI's behavioral analysis program. Okay. Um, he wrote a book called, It's Not All About Me, The Top 10 Techniques for Building Quick Rapport with Anyone, and talks about how to have strangers trust you, which is what Tom and Grayson and the other guy, Mike, something Jim I don't know wasn't there yeah I know but they probably should have read this book you know what I mean like um but like one of the things is that we do is we like look for danger right Uh and I was like I look for danger because why are you doing this not to me right so I didn't really trust and um they also have these nonverbal techniques about like how not to look threatening which I thought might be helpful for you baby what? When do I ever look threatened? All the time. No, I do not. 
all the time. So basically what Drake is saying is, and this is a direct quote, when you walk into a room with a bunch of strangers, are you naturally drawn to those who look angry and upset or those with smiles and laughing? Smiling is the number one nonverbal technique you should utilize to look more accommodating. <laughs> accommodating. Accommodating. And that, I think, might be where you fail there, Abu. Me? Smiling? Yeah. Smile all the time. You don't smile all the time. Yeah, yeah. No, you have a resting bitch face, Boo. Really? Yeah, you oh, know that. Can't help that. Don't you know that? I kind of know that. And then the other thing is, like, if you make eye contact, as everybody knows, then you seem more confident, right? Yeah. And then I feel like this, because if you want people to think that you're credible, you should speak slowly. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Smile and speak slowly. And make eye contact. But blink too. Pretty much, right, man? And then the final thing. (laughs) The final thing is that I think the final thing I can't really remember it all, but like, um, but we'll put a link in there um, for the blog. Um, It's just listen and not interrupt. Wow, see that is where some of us have. (laughs) and they actually say that like if you um like you have to suspend your ego i think is the phrase that they use while you're listening to other people like it's not all about you responding and you telling your story it's about you actually listening to their story too right and that's why a lot of people have a problems with a lot of politicians and then politicians try to pretend or some of them actually do that they're listening to your stories because they're just broadcasting they're just telling their own story right right? but we've started doing that in our regular everyday lives too like we don't put everybody else's needs and wants and stories and perceptions ahead sean just squeezed my nose while i was talking Conversationalist doesn't just think about their need to squeeze somebody else's nose or tell somebody's story, their own story, that they listen to those stories quietly and they appreciate it. And then, like my dad always just do, ask a very interesting question that shows that you were listening. And that builds trust, right? Because you don't trust somebody who's always interrupting you and you don't trust somebody who's always only broadcasting their own story. I'll listen to you talk for like four or five minutes and when you take a break I'll be like oh that's very interesting what were you saying? (laughs) (laughs) just teasing love writing tip of the pod you do that so well buddy thanks love are we still recording? we are still recording oh we're going to do our writing tip of the pod. There was a little bit of a pause there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We were just both being so careful not to interrupt. That's right. Yeah. Um. So as you heard in our random thought this week, we went to see some early 1990s bands in concert. And they were... Old. Yeah. <laughs> they were so old, man. 
Um, and the concert hall was not very full. It was pretty empty. I'd say half full. Right. So that sounds kind of depressing. Sure enough. (laughs) But it wasn't, if you look at it in a special way. Do you want to tell everyone the special way that you can look at it so that it's not depressing? Well, one of the band's lead singers, there was three bands. Yeah. So one of those bands, their lead singer has had cancer three times. And his wife has had it once. And yet... They have survived. Yeah. And they were both on stage giving it everything they had, which was quite a lot. They had a lot. I mean. They had a lot. I think I would have been worn out (laughs) if I was the lead singer. But what was he doing, man? What was he doing the whole time? Singing? No! Oh, my word. Dancing? Yeah, but he was smiling. He was smiling the entire damn time. He was smiling. Like, he was so... He seemed to be really happy, actually. He was so joyous. Yeah. So joyous. And that's the thing, right? Like, in life and in the story, we have to face crap and deal with it, and sometimes we're lucky enough to survive. And sometimes we're lucky enough to choose to survive joyously. Yeah. And all that crap we have to face and deal with doesn't have to be life or death. But no. <laughs> sometimes it feels like it's not going to be survivable, even though it's not, like, deadly. Yeah. It's <laughs> just uh, pressures. Like, Everyday pressures. Like, you might get your story rejected for the 18th time, and you might cry. Or you might be living in a camper for the summer because your house is, like being rented to renters and that might get to be a little much and you might cry right yes yes i can see that happening or you might have kid problems and you might cry yes like there's a million reasons that like and it's okay to be overwhelmed by those damn things but what man well you can approach it joyously as you can and when it's all over yeah be joyous about it i think it's sometimes really important to remember that the way that you're feeling isn't a forever feeling usually that's right for most of us we're lucky enough for it to not be a forever feeling even though it sure seems like it's gonna be sometimes yeah like yeah 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 so the point is the point is that a story because we're gonna bring it around to writing that's right a story's no good if there's no conflict and no obstacles to overcome it's hard to root for your characters or even care about the characters if nothing happens right yeah if there's nothing going on you kind of want to put the book down not turn the page to see what's going to happen mm-hmm. and obstacles make us stronger 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 my inability to say a g is going to make me stronger too so obstacles make us stronger and overcoming obstacles gives us courage and courage and strength give us freedom that's right you are totally correct yeah it's not enough in our lives or in our stories to be incensed, to shake our fists at the sky, to rage about circumstance. We have to do the next step, which would be taking action. Because without action, we're just shouting for no reason and inciting without purpose. If you have a Facebook post that's complaining about people not caring about a tragedy or a shooting, and then you don't give those same people ways to care and action steps, what good are you doing? No, you're just complaining. Exactly. So don't be afraid to go to that next step in your life or your story, right? That's right. 
And if you can do it that way, do it with what, man? Joy and kindness. Smile sometimes so you can meet random people out at the concert. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So in our random thought, we talk about trust and connections and people who kept introducing themselves to me um, whenever Sean left. And those links are here in the written part of the blog, which is a um, Carrie Jones book stop blog or at dogsaresmarterthanpeople.com. But all in a nice nutshell, Shawnee Bear. <gasps> the writing top tip of the pod. Yeah, sorry I called you Shawnee Bear. That's all right. Uh, Obstacles make the story worth it. Actions keep the story moving. We want to root for someone. You make someone for us to root for. And someone we can trust in the story. That's right. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, yes. We did a writing <laughs> top. Tip for life. Joy. Joy. Embrace it. Embrace it. Wag your tail for everyone else. Don't be ashamed of it. Yeah. Like Sparty. Yeah. He wags his tail for everybody. Almost everybody. But you know what? In his first year of his life, he never wagged his tail. Well, he, he was still trying to overcome a little bit of an obstacle. Yeah. I bet Sparty thought he'd never wag his tail again. The rescue that we got him from said, like, they'd get really excited because only the little itty-bitty tip of his tail would move, and they'd be like, oh, it's almost a wag. But the first day we got him, what did he do? He, he Well, you weren't there. But he <laughs> wagged his tail in a complete circle. He became a circle tail wagger. Like, not just back and forth. It was like, vroom, and a vroom, and a vroom. Did you give him a treat? Um, eventually. I figured you just treated him until he kept wagging. No, I did not. I didn't know how food focused he was back then. And he, but the beautiful thing about Sparty is that when he is happy, he is full on dog happy. That's for sure. He definitely embraces his joy. Yeah. That thing with the tail that's called the helicopter. Oh, is that what it's called? Yes. I have no idea. Yeah. Is that not? Oh! Oh! I'm so sorry, everybody. I'm so sorry. I didn't actually do it. She figured it out. (laughs) I'm so sorry. It took me so long to figure it out. Sorry. Oh, man. You know, one of those tips in that article by the FBI guy in the book was that when you meet people to make them trust you, you should mirror their movements. And I just thought about that in helicoptering. Oh, yeah. It's probably not the best thing to do, especially if it's a dog doing it with his tail. I know, but doggies do do that to each other with their tails. They mirror that movement, you know? It's cool that dogs do that, too. Dogs mirror a lot of stuff when they're meeting. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we can learn from dogs. Yes, we can. Dogs are what? Like, they're both back there sleeping right now, so we could be doing that, too. Dude, I fed you the line for the podcast name. Dogs are smarter than people. Yay! I knew it Now that people have blessed us with their time and listened to our podcast, what other little tidbits should we tell them? Well, the music we've clipped and shortened in this podcast is awesome and is made available through the Creative Commons license. Artist in the song is Night Owl by Berg for Free. That sounds so 80s. Anyway, (laughs) it's cool. I like it. Got anything else going on in your world? 
All the writing tips are at carriejonesbooks.blog. I just released a book called In the Woods with Steve Waddell. It's creepy. It's a little horrifying, and it's a little romantic. Mm, Yeah, and it's a summer buzz book from Publishers Weekly. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What else? What else? I have a Patreon. Oh, yeah. That's... You can find us on social media. The Patreon's a great way to read a book that's never been published by you. Yes. Only Patreon people get to read it, right? Oh, yeah, Subscribers, I mean. And you get special content. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you can get special gifts, too, right? I do. I send out art. Carrie Jones paintings, which are all beautiful. And books sometimes. Yeah. Signed. Signed by me. Sean. (laughs) Just kidding. What do you want to tell people, honey bunny? I don't know. Just thank you. Thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe and share. Yeah, you said that at the beginning, but we can say it twice. Can we say it 87 times so people really do? They'll probably just shut it off after like the (laughs) 80th one at least. Like, subscribe, share. Like, subscribe, share. Like, subscribe, share. Like, subscribe, share. Get out and live your life. Yes. No matter what. The whole point of Dogs Are Smarter Than People on this podcast is to try to make your life a tiny bit better for at least two seconds, in which you're like, at least we're not them, buddy. At least we're not them. That's that's all. That's a good one. People always have that outlook. <laughs> at least we're not them. <laughs> Having fun. I love you. I love you. Okay.